Welcome back to another roundtable. My name is Adam. With me once again, I have Victor. Hi, everyone. And Rusman. Hello. And today we have a very special guest all the way from SGX Reco. His name is Chu Chin Yi, and he's the managing director at SGX Reco. So tell us a bit more about yourself. Hi, everyone. Hi. Thanks, Victor. Nice to, nice to be here. And uh, Adam and uh, Rusman. Yeah. Mm. Um, Reco is, uh, as uh, you all would know, an independent regulatory authority under the uh, Singapore Exchange. And uh, we undertake the frontline regulation uh, of the market. And uh, within Redco, we have several functions. I'm in charge of the uh, enforcement function, mm-hmm. which is uh, pertinent for the topic for today. Okay, yeah. So I haven't introduced a topic for today. So we're going to talk about um, rogue companies in Singapore that have actually stepped out of line. And you know what happened to them, and what did SJX do to kind of like bring them back in line? So uh, that is the purpose for this roundtable, and mm-hmm. it's, it's it's great to have you here because I think you have a lot of firsthand experience about you know what's been happening, and some of the, the gossip, and you know the things that um, these companies or directors have been up to. All right, and I think as investors ourselves, yep. one of the main things that we do as investors is that we want to make sure that we're investing in a company that you can trust. Yeah. Yep. So the, the manage- right management, the management is yep. very very important. Yep. So if these guys are kind of like. Uh, playing a fine, you know, playing a game somewhere. We want to watch out for that and what the red flags to look out for. So, in your experience, you know, some companies you can share, you know, what are the what are some of the companies that have you know uh, stepped out of line? What happened to them? What did SGX Redco do as well? Hey, thanks, Adam. Uh, before I start talking about the companies, maybe I can just give a very short uh, overview of uh, how Redco plays its role in the market. Yep. So, as I said, we are independent uh, subsidiary. Uh, to regulate the market and the chief uh, aim for us and our rules and frameworks is to ensure the integrity mm. of the market and also to uphold the rights of the participants such as mm. the shareholders, the companies and the brokers. Mm-hmm. Now, um, the main important thing to remember as I go through the cases is that uh, regardless of our regulatory powers, we are still a private company. Mm-hmm. We're not, for example, like the police or the uh, MES right. or statutory bodies. And that's important later on as I go through the cases. So the first case I would like to uh, touch more on mm-hmm. uh, would be a company called Kem Singh. Mm-hmm. Uh, you will be familiar, I think, with uh, the business it runs. It runs the Nature's a Farm chain mm-hmm. of uh, supplement uh, stores. Okay. Now, uh, some years back, I think it was 2019, Kem Singh uh, ran into some uh, ambiguities in the course of his annual audit. I think the auditors flagged out a couple of uh, areas where they had some concerns on uh, transactions which were difficult to verify and also concerns about the cash balances of mm-hmm. the company. Mm-hmm. Now, when these were flagged out, uh, shortly after the entirety of the independent directors who formed the audit committee, which generally is the first frontline in charge in the company of these uh, audit matters, mm-hmm. all of them resigned. All of them. Oh, 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 oh. That's a very big red flag. How many? Yeah. How many walked out? Um, if, uh, four, if I can recall. Okay, correctly. okay, okay. Yes. okay. That's a big. Yeah. That's a big red flag. Yeah. So yes, it, it caught uh, us by surprise, obviously. Okay. And what they said was the reason was that they had disagreement with the board uh, over hmm. the resolution of these uh, audit matters. Okay. So uh, clearly, we had to step in quickly. And uh, what we do when we step in fast is that we use uh, powers and our rules to uh, issue a requirements on companies. We call it a notice of compliance. Mm-hmm. Now it's fast and it's uh, not a disciplinary action. It's basically directing a company to do certain things. And what we asked for was that the company would to immediately appoint a special auditor mm. to look into the concerns flagged up by the auditors. Okay. This is a, a, a third party firm. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. specializing in these matters. At the same time, I think we were quite concerned about the director's uh, jumping ship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Especially since we, you know, the market relies on them to yes, see this yes. through. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So and they then, can't do that, right? Can they? Um, well, there's nothing in the rules stopping directors from stepping down. Okay. Yep. What we did do was that at the minimum, we felt you needed more transparency for the market. Mm. And so as part of our directive, we required the directors to give detailed reasons mm. beyond the, the top line uh, responses they have been giving yep. to explain precisely why they were stepping down. And after that, we issued a regulatory column uh, telling the whole market our expectations for directors key among which uh, we made it very clear that when a company is in trouble, you actually need to be there to help uh, steer the company out because mm. directors are, as, as we all know, they are fiduciaries. Yeah. Yeah. They're meant to serve the interests of the company and the shareholders. Yes. Yep. Yep. And by departing uh, en masse, so abruptly, you actually delay the ability of the company to resolve issues. Mm. And so the directors gave very clear uh, uh, reasons. Okay. And I think they did acknowledge that on hindsight, it would have been better for them to have consulted with us on mm. what's the best way to proceed. Mm. Okay. So they felt as if like they couldn't fix the issue at the company, like with the board of directors, and they decided, you know, I'm out of here. But they, the better you know, course of action would have been just to go straight to Redco, for example, tell them exactly what's happening, what's wrong with this particular company. And I mean, I'm sure all the information that they shared with you, the, the more transparent information, mm. that basically helped with the investigation as well, right? Well, as we engaged them, yes, it helped. And yeah. it certainly helped that uh, there was a special auditor on site. Mm. I mean, we certainly would have appreciated them uh, coming to us with their concerns rather than immediately resigning, yeah, okay. which is basically what they did. Okay. So did anything happen to, I mean, was there a slap on the wrist for the directors or, you know, anything happened to the company? Was there an, what's, what's the aftermath of this whole thing? But with the directors, uh, and, and this is uh, set out in our uh, regulatory announcements as well, they voluntarily agreed to uh, notify Redco mm-hmm. if in the future they decide to seek any other appointments okay. on listed companies on the Singapore market. I see. We referred the case to the authorities and uh, the special auditor completed his work. Mm. And uh, thankfully, didn't find anything uh, that was fraudulent. Okay. 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 Right. So there's a there's a happy ending to the story in a sense. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but this this shows the process that. Yep. I mean, your role is so important to make sure that these things are checked, the checks and balances, to make sure that all even at the end of the day everything's okay. You go through the process process to make sure that it's okay. Yes. So in this sense, uh, this case, there was a happy ending for yes. Kem Singh. Okay. Exactly. In fact, one of our main focus at Redco is, uh, as I said, we are not statutory bodies or criminal investigation bodies. Mm-hmm. So our focus very much is uh, making sure that the foundations are there in the market, mm-hmm. that the shareholder rights can be protected. So directors must play a role. Companies must uh, properly disclose their matters, clearly. And that actually moves me down to the uh, other case I wanted to talk about, which is a uh, Sing Post. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a big one. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, uh, I, I don't think I need to explain what Sing Post does. I mean, it's a very big uh, company in our market, and yeah. many retail investors are in it. Yeah. Mm. Yep. So uh, this concerned the transaction that Sing Post made. Uh, I'm struggling to remember the date, 2017. I'm not I think sure. Around, around there, right? I yeah. remember there was a lot of news yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. acquisition of a company called Famous. Yep. And uh, what happened then was that one of the independent directors, Mr. Keith Tay, was actually associated with uh, the uh, advisor representing the seller mm. to SingPost. Mm. So this is an independent director on SingPost, and, uh, but he had an interest in the financial advisor, uh, Sterling Coleman. Mm. So when SingPost announced uh, its acquisition, 
they had a line in the announcement saying that none of its directors had any direct or indirect interest in the entire uh, transaction, <laughs> okay. which uh, clearly was a mistake. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we noted several issues after the investigations. Uh, first of all, which was that when they released the announcement, they didn't go through the board. So it wasn't cleared by the board, uh, the whole board, sorry, I mm. meant. Of course, some members of the board did clear it, but it wasn't cleared by the entire board before uh, it was released. In which case, I'm quite sure the mistake would have been caught because uh, when uh, Keith saw the announcement the day it was released, mm -hmm. he immediately notified uh, the company secretary, saying that this is inaccurate, and uh, mm. can you please see whether something needs to be done. Mm. Now, the second issue that occurred was after that, because um, having notified the company secretary, um, this was not notified or escalated by the company secretary to the board to consider the matter. Oh. What the secretary did was to consult their legal advisors on whether uh, any action needed to be taken. So the legal advisor thought that uh, it was not necessary to disclose that uh, Mr. Tay mm -hmm. had an interest in the transaction through his relationship uh, with the uh, financial advisor. Okay. And uh, I, I can explain a bit more on that later. So uh, the uh, unhappy end to this whole saga is that the matter did eventually come to light, but uh, much, much later, yep. the board was aware of it and immediately they took action mm -hmm. to credit them. They, con they appointed two special auditors to look into their corporate governance processes and yep. how they deal mm -hmm. with announcements and they implemented many changes. Yep. Right. Yeah, I was there at the AGM. I remember when this thing came into light. Yeah, well, more uh, more was yeah. Very <laughs> a lot of people was questioning on this. Okay. They, why? Why do you say early? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's essentially a related party transaction. Mm, not precisely, because uh, what happened here was that, to be fair to the uh, whole board, uh, Keith did not actually have an interest in the uh, transaction per se, technically okay. speaking, mm -hmm. because uh, he was not involved with the seller, but he was involved with a party representing a seller. Financial, financial advisor. Yeah, financial advisor. And so he may have had an interest okay. in the transaction going through. Mm. Uh, I think the board was very transparent. He had recused himself during voting, so he did not impact on the decision. Mm -hmm. And secondly, uh, what the legal advisor thought at the time was that whether or not his interest, uh, or rather his, his interest in the financial advisor was not technically something you would have had to disclose okay. under our listing rules. Oh. We later, it later was uh, made clear that uh, what the legal advisor didn't know hmm. was that they had already announced an erroneous statement. Okay. And because he didn't know that, he gave an opinion based on the fact of this information in and of itself is uh, not material. Hmm. But the difference is once you have put it on an announcement and it's clearly erroneous and it does have an impact potentially on the decision of shareholders, mm. yep. then it's a totally different story. Mm -hmm. And at no time was the board notified of this, okay. which is what we had uh, major issues with. Mm -hmm. It was between the secretary and the legal advisor, and the decision was then taken All right. without the board knowing. So would this be kind of like something, they're just not communicating within the companies, within the processes, there's something that's not going on within Singpost that yes. all these things should be, I mean, a normal, I guess, a functioning company, uh, not to sing, say Singapore is not functioning. I need to lose my memory. <laughs> <video. laughs> but these things should just be ironed out all the time, right? Not some members are left out and then they don't Precisely know what's happening. Precisely right. Precisely right. right. And we did take issue with that, that yeah. the processes they had for uh, deciding on announcements and for uh, making decisions in these areas uh, needed to be strengthened. Mm -hmm. And to their credit, they did take in uh, all the recommendations of the uh, special uh, advisors and auditors in yeah. this regard. And they are strengthening their processes. Mm -hmm. 
But what I felt was a quite a good thing to take away from this is, you know, after a while, it, it's not so much whether the information is material, it is in terms of uh, the company's responsibility to the public mm -hmm. and the information you uh, give to your shareholders, you have to be accurate to the, mar to the market. Mm -hmm. And while, as you heard, the legal advisor uh, thought that the information itself may not have been material, mm. but you have given an erroneous uh, announcement to the market, and, and that's the bedrock of our our regime. It's a disclosure-based mm -hmm. regime. Yeah. So we took it very, very seriously. All right. So was there a, was there a slap on the wrist this time <laughs> around? Uh, they were publicly reprimanded mm. for a lack of proper internal controls. Mm -hmm. And uh, as I said, they, all credit to them, took very proactive steps to iron it out. Okay. What did you, I mean, at the AGM, when you said there are a lot of shareholders that were unhappy, were they like, yep. like screaming their head off and stuff like no, that? No, like, they <laughs> just questioning the bots and all this. But I think it came to a bad time because I think that at the point of time, they did quite a few of the acquisition and it didn't turn out well. So it's like yeah. every, everything comes okay. together then it just blow up in the AGM and yeah. people are just non-stop going to the mic and just, <laughs> you know, questioning and all yeah. that. Yeah. And there are always people that are unhappy that the company never give any vouchers or buffet. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> always, you know, at the AGM, there's always yeah. questions like that. But yeah. for that AGM, it was just like, I mean- It did, was very long, the AGM. Do you remember the share price or what happened to it at that point in time? It, it, I think it, it, it tanks because uh, of the, uh, some of their, the, the acquisition that they bought didn't, didn't turn out well. It's like so. a perfect storm, yeah. like all these things yeah. just coming together mm. and yeah. then it's like... Yeah, it was bad timing. So I, I'm <laughs> sure that would have like pissed off a lot of yeah. <laughs> shareholders. Yeah, but I think if it's just this case, then probably it won't be so blown okay, up. Like, okay. uh, yeah. So that was Sing Post. Yeah. All right. And um, so that was uh, quickly handled as well the moment it came to light mm. by SGX Red Co. Um, any other case studies that you have? This are pretty interesting as well. Yeah, I had one last one, uh, which I thought... Uh, was was a good to mention, and that's the case of a uh, track. Okay. Yeah. And uh, mm. I think track is also very famous <laughs> yeah. for, for yes, both yes, right and wrong reasons. Yes, yes, the yes. thumb drive maker, right? Yes. I mean, the first yeah. uh, guy to kind of like patent it, I think, but yeah. it just didn't work out, I guess. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> yeah. the inventor of thumb drive in yeah. Singapore, yeah. Uh, it's quite amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it is amazing. Yeah. Yes, but uh, as we know, uh, recently uh, the the CEO has been sentenced to a uh, jail for uh, falsification of accounts Ooh. and transactions. Okay. And uh, this, some of these uh, issues came to light for to Redco before uh, it was referred to the authorities for investigations. And this concerned uh, what we call interested party transactions. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think just briefly, that means that uh, the company is transacting with uh, another counterparty in which uh, its directors or its uh, executives have an interest in. In this case, uh, the CEO of Trek and his son owned uh, one company and had a majority stake in another company. Mm. These are two separate companies that mm. Trek had transactions with. Mm -hmm. And for that second company, which they had a majority stake in, the previous owner was the spouse of uh, the executive, another executive director mm. on Trek. So you can see the parties are very closely connected. Sounds very incestuous. That's the word I can use. Okay, but yes, please, please tell us more. It is in a way. So um, uh, clearly for our rules, uh, once your transactions with interested parties uh, crosses a certain threshold, mm -hmm. uh, five percent for a transaction of the company's uh, net tangible assets, yeah. or if yeah. aggregated, three percent, uh, you have to both disclose and seek shareholders' approval. Mm. Right. And that's to protect the shareholder because then you get a chance to question management. Are you sure these are commercial terms? You can require more uh, duty to be done and so on. Mm -hmm. uh, none of this was done, of course, because uh, none of this was disclosed okay. to the board by the CEO. So these transactions went to, uh, we eventually found out. How, how did it come to light? 
I must say I don't have the details of how it came to light uh, at this moment in time. Okay. But uh, I do. Uh, what I do know is um, we did immediately then require similarly a special audit because uh, we needed someone to uncover the truth of all these transactions. Mm. And uh, as it, as it, as it turned out, special audit dug out a lot more things thereafter, and we reprimanded uh, reprimanded mm. uh, the company as well as the the directors. Mm. They themselves were later hauled out to court for other transactions as well, which was uncovered. Okay. In the mm. course of uh, the uh, audits. All right. Yeah, this is, reminds me of a quote. If you're doing a crime, don't do a crime when you're doing a crime. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> so if not, everything gets uncovered. Yes. And then the whole, the, uh, the cat is out of the bag and then, you know, it just, it just, just goes uh, everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So, so this, um, I mean, I, I hear that, you know, Redco has, you know, you do a lot of reprimand, reprimands. <laughs> do you have any um, power to actually like, I don't know, send these people to jail or can you like shut down their operations like what what is the extent of the powers that SGX Redco has mm. uh, thanks for asking that because yeah. uh, as I did mention at the beginning uh, yeah. I did ask uh, everyone to remember we are uh, at the end of the day a private sector company mm. even though we have some regulatory powers and, and your question hit the nail on the head uh, because we don't uh, we are not created by statute for enforcement mm. so we don't have the powers of uh, say the police mm-hmm. Uh, such as the CAD or the MAS, we cannot uh, arrest, we mm. cannot search and seize uh, on the premises. Mm. We can't uh, control evidence in the way that these investigation bodies can. And clearly we cannot press uh, criminal charges for breaches of uh, the, the law. Okay. So what we do is that uh, our frameworks are all uh, tailored at the prevention side of things. Okay. Mm. You lay the foundation and we do uh, corporate surveillance and market surveillance mm. such that uh, we have the first line of information. If we do uncover potential breaches of the law, that's a referral to the relevant authorities for investigations because they see. have the proper Escalated. powers. Yes. So they, uh, a company or a director just can't ignore you and go, oh, okay, I recall. I'll just ignore your <laughs> reprimands <laughs> and just carry on as <laughs> normal. They do get into trouble. They will uh, get in trouble if there are breaches of the law yeah, okay. and uh, investigations to bear it out. Okay. Right. And uh, that's the role we play. The, the other part, of course, uh, I wanted to bring out at this stage is uh, because we're a regulator, uh, as I said, our focus is uh, on the disclosures mm. and to ensure that shareholders can exercise their rights. A key word here is to let them exercise their rights and we can't exercise it on their behalf. So uh, we have from time to time been asked to uh, deal with companies. For example, if you have... Uh, uh, developing a developer company mm. which builds on condominiums uh, we'll get complaints about the quality of the <laughs> sales process or how the condo is not built to, built to, to so the finish the quality. Are not as high quality <laughs> yeah. and, stuff like and how, how you know as a regulator of this company can you do something about it so I mean that, that, that's just not our role so we can't do that I mean I mean sympathize yeah. <laughs> and I do understand the frustrations but, but that's just not our role our role is about how the company has conducted itself with respect to its shareholders okay. is it disclosing properly is it making sure that uh, it is not engaging in, uh, in just the party transactions for instance so, so this is not where we can step in yeah can you blacklist uh, directors who fail to comply with you or those who have actually served those uh, no, fraudulent company in the past like some of chip companies like Ratat can they be reappointed again to a public listed yeah. company again yeah so uh, there are two aspects to this yeah. uh, first of all uh, if we are of the opinion that a director failed to comply with uh, our investigations, yeah. or if we find that they have contributed to a breach of the company of the rules, yeah. 
we would place them on a, a director's watch list, which mm. is publicly available. I see. So there's okay. a there's a SGX record director's okay. watch yep. list. Yes. So this is like okay. being on Santa's naughty list. I wasn't quite naughty or nice, wow. but yes, it's there for public oh. to know <laughs> that uh, these are directors we have found to be less than uh, helpful to us. Okay. And wow. uh, who may have contributed to breaches of the rules. Wow. Okay. So I'm actually looking at the director watch list now. Do you know anyone yeah. there? <laughs> uh, uh, not that I know of, but there are 85 people. In the list at yep. okay. the time of this recording. Mm. I think I think this this list is very helpful. Right at the end of the day, when we bind to a company, the yeah. management is very important. Right? Yeah. If yeah. the management is a crook, then everything else you well, can yeah. trust. It, you, right? it, like you said, it's not exactly <laughs> yeah. a crook, crook right? Yeah. It's like me have Failed some questionable behavior. Yeah. Is that yes. what, how you define yeah. it? Yes. Yes. Okay. And what we do require, <laughs> if you are on the watch list uh, and uh, you are a listed company in Singapore, if you wish to appoint that director mm-hmm. onto your board. You have to consult with us first. Oh, mm. so only if you say yes, then that guy gets to be a director again. I think we would need to be involved in the process okay. of the ah, appointment. I see, I see. Okay, okay. Yeah. So this is for directors. Is there, is there a similar one for companies as well? Uh, companies, no, we don't have a watch list of companies, but we do uh, have a watch. Oh, sorry, <laughs> let me rephrase that. We don't have a watch list of companies that breach uh, rules. Okay. What we do have is a watch list of companies that. Uh, you need to pay attention to because they have filled uh, financial criteria. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's what we call the financial watch list. Okay. So it's more focused on financials rather than, I guess, governance. Is that? I mean, I know it's related in a sense. Yes. It's not a discipline. It's not based on disciplinary record. Yeah. It's based on the fact that they have suffered three consecutive years of losses and they are of a certain uh, below a certain market cap. Yeah. All right. Therefore, we want the investors to be. I, uh, I think what most investor want actually is a potential fraud company. Watch <laughs> 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 this. You, you can't do that. You can't yeah. say that this company is potentially fraudulent. That is yeah. very tricky area. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that wouldn't be something we can go into. Yeah, you can't we do survey companies yeah. and we do corporate surveillance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, listening to all these stories on Kem Singh, Singh Post, Trek International, yep. uh, and I mean, hearing about how you deal with these, you know, companies and directors, you know, what are some of the red flags that, you know, retail investors like us can look out for? Like, let's mm. say I'm out, I'm out in the open. I want to, mm. I want to invest in Singapore companies because I like Singapore. I want the Sing dollar and stuff like that, you know, tax-free. Um, you know, what can I look out for when I'm, evaluating a company's management uh, to just make sure that they're good guys. How do mm. you guys, how do we do that? No, yeah, it's a million dollar question. There. <laughs> <laughs> but I do come across uh, very often you, you, you see on, you read on investor forums and yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, this is acronym D-Y-O, D-Y-O-D-D, do your own oh, duty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yes, and yes. Um, what's important is uh, you've seen how much we focus on director integrity yeah. and on uh, announcements. And uh, what investors really need to do is to read through, first of all, and see how the directors behave, how the company behaves in mm. the transactions they undertake. I mean, nothing gives you a better sense of uh, the quality or the, uh, I wouldn't say integrity, but the, the, the mindset of the management than from the announcements mm. and how much they wish to say, when they say it, mm. and what they say are their rationale. And uh, I, I think these are crucial and this gives the first step because uh, you have to think that uh, the management does things in a way that a good management is doing it. Mm. As an investor, you have to have the trust that uh, they will be telling you what you need to know. Yeah. And the hallmarks of uh, companies you maybe should avoid are when you think that what the company is saying or what the company is doing doesn't really correspond to your view mm. on what the company needs to be doing. Mm. Now, this may not always be a breach of the rules, mm. yeah. right? Yes. 
Yeah. But uh, it does show the level of transparency and engagement they're willing to undertake. And I would say the first step for any investor is uh, if you are invested in a company that is mindful of its uh, duties to the shareholders, I mean, that's a win. That's the first yeah, thing you need yeah. to look out yeah, for. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that yep. one of the reasons why we go to AGMs quite a bit. I mean, when it was open uh, and it's hmm. resuming now, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we spend a lot of time doing all this uh, due diligence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we actually go down to yeah. a lot of uh, yeah. Singapore AGMs, you know, have, have a look at how the directors respond to questions, how they treat yeah. shareholders. I remember a video, I think it was, I can't remember the company's name, there was a director that threatened a shareholder as well. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't remember the name. I don't want to. I don't want to say it here. Yeah. But, uh, it was. Uh, it went viral as well. Yep. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you know, you have episodes like that, and you kind of go like, "Oh man, I I wouldn't invest in that company because it's yeah. like they're out. They're just taking care of themselves." Yeah. yeah. So it's like just going to the AGM really helps. You know, just kind of like suss out how the CEO or directors actually yep. treat uh, minority minority yep. shareholders. I, I think I really agree what what he just says. Actually, most of of what he just explained is actually is looking at the behavior of the management. In the end, at the end of the day, the management can say a lot of things, but they behave uh, differently. Right? Yeah. You don't feel comfortable, right? Mm. Well done is always better than well said, right? Yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, that's true. So I think, I think you've been very, very helpful. I think because you're on the other side of, you know, this whole, I guess, equation, we're on this side looking in and then you are the ones kind of like surveilling the whole process, the whole landscape and letting us know, you know, what to look out for, you know, these are the stories that you've, uh, you know, experienced yourself. So I think that's been really, really helpful. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Do you have a channel where you can? I think some whistleblower can actually report to you. Oh yeah. That's, that's what, uh, yeah. I think this is probably well. a channel where people are, you know, they yeah, know yes. something they can actually report to you. Yes. Guys. Thanks for that. And uh, yes, uh, one of my portfolios is the whistleblowing office. We set that up about yeah. two years back. Mm -hmm. And uh, yes, um, we need investors and uh, part the entire ecosystem to help us do their part. Yes. And if you are a part of the company, and you do see something which seems wrong or mm. off. Mm. Uh, I would strongly encourage you to uh, submit your concerns to the whistleblowing office. I mean, set up for this particular purpose yeah. uh, and, and the credo is we will protect the, the identity mm. of the whistleblower yes, yeah, while we yeah. do investigations. Yes. And uh, we've also required all companies to have their own whistleblowing policies mm. and uh, infrastructure in place. So similarly, to protect identity of the whistleblower and to prevent reprisals. All right. Okay. And so we do need the help of uh, everyone in this ecosystem. So if you're like yes, a shareholder yes, yeah. or if you're working with a company, you can uh, basically reflect anything that you deem like just yeah. a bit. Yeah. Yes. I mean, the, the one thing I commit to is we will always take it seriously. Mm. I cannot guarantee that, uh, you know, something's definitely wrong or yeah. action must definitely be taken, but we will always take it seriously and we will always look into it. Okay. And of course, their identity is protected. Yes. Yep. All right. So is there a, is it like a website that they go to on... Uh, yes, it's on our our Redco website, and uh, the uh, the, the, the other even regulation SGX regulation. Yeah, oh, we'll put a link. We'll put a link in the yeah. description, yeah. and I mean yeah. you just click on it. But basically, there is a website, and uh, yes. they go and to Redco whistleblowing at SGX .com. So that's easy to remember. Okay, yeah. okay. Yep. So we'll put it up uh, on the screen, and of course uh, in the description as well. If you want, if you want to. I guess blow a whistle. Uh, <laughs> suspect, suspect, suspect anything at this point in yeah. time. But that is the 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 role that uh, SGX Record plays for all of us. I think it's not just about. Uh, we do need authorities like you to kind of like make sure that the whole ecosystem is healthy. It's not just investors. I mean, everyone plays a part. And I think I think because Record wasn't. Um, it was formed relatively recently, right? Yeah. Yes. So this is kind of like a important development for. I think our local market to have this um, 
you know organization that takes care of all these things, and kind of like it, it just it just makes us makes me feel a lot better about mm. the investing in mm. Singapore as well. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right, so I think that was a pretty good uh, wrap up of this roundtable. Yep. So I think uh, that was very very helpful, Chini. Thank you so much. Well, thank, thank you so, so much. much. Glad to be here. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So once again, my name is Adam. That is Victor. Thank you. That Thank is you. Rosemary, and this is uh, Chini, all the way from SGX Reco. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course, uh, any questions about this, uh, you know, regulations or SGX Reco, put them in the comment section. We'll answer them. And of course, if you like this video, please hit the like button and uh, subscribe to our channel. Many more roundtables coming up, and we'll love to see you again. So we'll put the description, uh, the link in the description as well, if you want to find out more about the director's watch list and, um, of course, yeah, whistleblowing as well. Yes. Right, so yeah. thank you so much, and we'll see you around again.